Weren't you Mr. Watervliet or something? Oh, the very first one, Mr. Watervliet. Yeah. Right? Uh, the first one. Yeah, and you love to sprinkle that in conversation, right? When you meet someone, right? Hey, Kevin Angus, Mr. Watervliet. <laughs> uh, Mr. Watervliet, first Mr. Watervliet of the, of his name. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were a few that followed after, but I don't think the tradition kept on. And then it probably died out like every dumb high school thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a good idea at the time. I mean, it gave me, I think that was like the magical turning point for me with like stage presence when that was like mm -hmm. the first memory I have of like when you're about to go and perform and, the, yeah. and your brain switch just turns on. I was just on that whole night. Like I was nailing everything, everything I had planned plus stuff I improvised 100% nailed it. Laughs across the entire filled auditorium. It was it's glorious. And now the rest of your life. It's just trying to recapture that one moment inside little coffee shops or uh, -huh. uh in the back of a, a bar in albany that was just like sure you can do improv it's tuesday we don't give a shit just do improv on a tuesday in albany for an audience of 12 people if you're lucky at 1 p.m remember the one night we showed up and they're like uh we didn't know there was going to be a show but i guess you guys can do it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh that is improv in a nutshell Welcome to the Kevin 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 Noonan and Kevin Angus. I definitely kind of lagged after school kind of stopped providing me with opportunities to be on a stage, like playing in bands or singing groups or whatever, or running talent shows. Or school just stops providing you opportunities for, for anything like that. Now you have to go seek it out and like make it a thing. Yeah. Nobody's just going to come up to you and say, hey, want to join this thing? You're a student. <laughs> you go here. Yeah, I think for me, the biggest hurdle I've had to overcome was getting over the fact that like that there's this underlying fear that someone's going to pop out of nowhere and like make fun of me for doing something that I think is cool. <laughs> it's just this weird like anxiety I feel hanging over me like there's someone's going to pop out from like behind a tiny rock and be like, yep. oh, you like Pokemon still? Wow, lame. Yep. Oh, it's the fear of looking like an idiot, right? Yeah. Yeah. That never goes away, I guess. I get to edit my podcast so I sound more intelligent. Hey, there you go. It's because I edit out all my stumbles and yeah, problems. and all of your guests sound really dumb. What's going on there? I know. I just like I pick the dumbest phrases that they say, <laughs> trying to make them look bad to make yourself look good. We figured you out. It's funny because the joke is the show is actually the exact opposite. That's mm -hmm. like the subtext of the show is I put all this effort into making it about me. I name the show after yep. me. Yeah. Um, yep. But really, I just want to make you guys look. That's the irony. So you're the you're the you're the Jeopardy of podcasts. They say this, the, the contestants are the stars. It's not the host. I guess I never thought about it like that. I've been involved in I, I, a lot of Reddit threads about this whole Jeopardy hosting thing going on. This is this is how exciting my life is. I watch Jeopardy and I, I kind of uh -huh. get an idea, but what's the kind of current state of the, the Jeopardy host landscape? They're cycling through a bunch of different hosts pretty much every two weeks because they can't pick a replacement for some reason. Of course. And then Dr. Oz is now the current host and all of the fans are mad because he's a quack. And Dr. Oz. Bad medical advice, yeah. I'm looking that person up because it rings a bell. 
So the show's response is basically saying, you know, the real star of the show is not the host. So you guys shouldn't. Ah, okay. So yeah, you know, this is this is the controversy that I pay attention to. You know, real issues. No, come on. He appeared apparently as a health expert on the Oprah Winfrey show for five seasons in 2009. Mm-hmm. What? I'm surprised it's that recent. I feel like Dr. Oz has been around forever. Yes, it, apparently he had his own show. I don't know. Yeah, the Dr. Oz show, it lasted 12 seasons, 2009, and it ended on in 2020, actually. Oh, wow. I have not been paying attention to my daytime TV. Not at all. So, yeah, but it's funny, I, after Googling just his name, uh, one of the top stories is uh, Dr. Oz gives Jeopardy a black eye and fans don't like how dr yeah. oz how long will he host <laughs> hey it's only supposed to be two weeks so how many like who else has been on like that's actually been good ken jennings was the first one. Oh, of course yeah. yes was, uh, yeah so he did he did all right considering he's not like a professional tv personality i thought he was fine he's just a professional game show winner the professional nerd yeah yeah katie couric she was pretty good there was this other guy i don't know his name he was like the producer of the show. Pretty exciting stuff going on here. What's your hot take then? Like, who do you think would be like a good host? Like, give me like three names of people. That I think Ken do. should just do it. But I guess they they want someone who's going to commit full time to it and say it's their only job. Mm. Sounds like the greatest job in the world. You you work for like two days and then. I mean, is there a reason why he's not? I don't know. I, I think he just doesn't want to do it. I don't, I don't know. He's already made too much money. He's like, I don't want to work for, for a little. Right. Who needs it? Yeah. He has a podcast too. Ken oh, I guess I can't be too surprised. I know you're competing against Kevin Hart. Yeah, he's my top competition right yeah, now. And yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, this is the first all Kevin episode. Oh, God, you're right. Oh, that is this is a big moment. We need to lean into that. Come on. This is a big moment. Wow. You know, how does it feel? Oh. It was funny last night I was watching basketball for March Madness, which I don't really pay attention to, but we just had it on. And uh, my fa- my favorite joke is in the game. One of the co-hosts' name is Kevin, uh, and so the other guy kept saying, "The guys, I tell you, Kevin, this shooter is really shot." And I kept going, "Oh yeah, I know, man. <laughs> uh, it's the dumbest joke ever." Uh, it was a lot of fun to be able to do that. And on other Kevin news, my coworker, uh, this guy Joe, he just got a dog yesterday, and he—I don't know how serious he is about this—but he keeps—he kept telling me all week he, he wants to name it Kevin because <sighs> he thought it would be hilarious to have a dog named Kevin his whole life. I mean, well, uh, the dog's whole life, not his whole life. I mean, I'm sure the dog will not outlive him, but oh no, he was saying it's been a dream of his his whole oh. life to have a dog named Kevin. Because he thinks human names on dogs are hilarious. I made the specification and the clarification, though, because I have a tortoise named Kevin, and he could outlive me. Right. So. That is true. He, he could far outlive you. Yeah. I have to be such the diplomat as a teacher, because yeah. people will try to, students will try to bring up current events a lot. And I always have to do the, oh, that's interesting. You know, anyone have a response to that without ever trying to own thoughts out there? Yeah. There was one teacher in my high school that was like the liberal outspoken teacher. Oh, we had that as well. Yeah. I realized now, like, it was very strange how all the teachers and all the parents seemed to collectively hate him, but he was really the only teacher, like, bringing those, like, ideas to the table. Like, he taught us about, like, primary sources and, NPR yeah, yeah. and all that shit and PBS. Everyone hated him because it's too real. And yeah. Just like, oh, I, I'm, I'm going to get mad about this because I don't, I'd rather not talk about it. He's just left leaning. He's just a left leaning teacher who teaches, you know, global studies and so- social studies. So, of course, he's going to have. Yeah. Ours was, of course, the, the 12th grade government teacher. Yeah. I, I liked it. I liked his class. I think he was a little heavy handed. Like, yeah. Yeah. With, it was a lot of anti war stuff and. 
you spend a month just talking about how bad war is and we're like okay yeah all right yeah yeah nobody's nobody's disagreeing with you right now <laughs> but i mean it was it was cool stuff though because he brought up things that other people would be too afraid to talk about and he got in trouble for it eventually like i remember there was he showed us a movie i forget what it was, was called but the message of the movie was very much just like you should accept homosexuality and it's not that big of a deal and mm. so of course somebody wrote a letter to the editor which like got him in hot water damn which sounds so funny because nowadays it's just like there would be a post on Facebook about it, which was probably 2009, maybe 2008, 2009. Yeah, yeah. And it it's funny how much our world has changed in just 12 years. Like direct your rage to a local newspaper. Like that doesn't happen anymore. Now it's just a Facebook post on a school's Facebook page. And That is very funny too, yeah. I like to think that there are those who, that are still writing to those newspapers, but just no one's reading them. Well, even fewer people right. are reading them now. Yeah. Local news. This is quaint. It's always like, a truck got stuck under a bridge. Again. Like, oh, cool. We need to make that bridge higher. Oh, nobody ever gives that as a solution. It's always, we need to find the trucking companies. And it's like, guys, why don't we just, you know, just make the road wider and the bridge taller? This is probably too hard, though. I don't know. Yeah, it's too much work. We were doing a study of the American dream. And so I had students just for a quick thing. I'm like, okay, pick, pick like a, a famous figure that you, you know, look up to and tell me, you know, how does that relate to achieving their dream and the American dream and all that? Mm -hmm. So one kid raises his hand and he goes, can I do Alexis Texas? <laughs> Which is an adult performer. Well, usually when their name rhymes like that. <laughs> and I'm st stuck in that moment of, well, if I say no, He's going to know. And of course, he and his buddy are crying mm. as they're saying this. And they're going to know immediately that I know who that is. And, you know, but then if I say, who is that? They have to go on and say who that is. Ah, uh, like trapped you. But of course, my face gave it away. Where I started smiling a little bit. And I've, I'm pretty sarcastic, you know. I'm yeah, yeah. Super, I'm not overly serious in the classroom. And uh, my face gave it away. And they both just pointed at me and go, oh, Nuna knows who that is. And I just went, all right, guys, come on, move on. <laughs> that classic, like, try to deflect away from it. But I'll never forget that moment. I'll just... Yeah. That will stay with me. I feel like it maybe could have played off, but it's hard. Yeah, it, uh, I, I just, I think my grin just gave it away right away. It's also funny to me that they find that, it, it's funny that you know a porn star, but they know it too. Like, so what's the joke? Like, oh man, adults like porn too? Either, it's just one of those things where you don't expect to hear about that. In a classroom. Yeah. You don't want to have to say anything about it. A lot of my students are just like, I feel bad because I'm like that guy that has to burst bubbles. Yeah. Like, I'll have kids who like, they're like, yeah, I'm going to be in the NBA someday. And I'm like, oh, what are you doing now to train for that? <laughs> like, oh, I play pickup games a couple times a week. And I'm like, oh, okay, I don't, I think you're going to have to do a little bit more than that, buddy. Typically, most of these guys come from organizations and they play for their school and then they'll tra play on travel teams. And I have to be that guy that says that. And you can see the, the willful ignorance sometimes. They're just like, well, I don't, no, I'll, I'll be able to make my way. Don't worry. It sucks to be that person. But man, it is valuable because I had the same type of like weird view of being a comedian when I was young. And I had no idea yep. of the work that goes into it, like the writing right. side of things. I That was the first thing that was like when I realized how much work like writing goes into the jokes. And it's not just stuff they do on the spot yeah and not not only is it work but it's like getting out of your bubble and you have to meet other people and get yourself out there for whatever you want to do when you have your set you you do that same set all the time trying to make it better too like and it's just yep. it shattered the weird illusion i had of comedians mm -hmm. in a way when we were living in china 
which I love to, you know, I'm, I love to drop that in conversation as much as I you can. Got no it. big deal. No big deal. Totally. No, I, I recognize that that's very insufferable. But anyway, when we were living in China, there was this comedy club for like expats. Mm. This was before I ever dabbled in like improv or anything, but we just liked to go because it was fun, but it was mostly stand up. And we went like two weekends in a row. And that was the first time I realized that, oh, comedians literally do the same thing every weekend because we saw a guy do the exact same set live. Like, oh, this sucks. Like, I want my money back. This is bullshit. Yeah. I mean, there were other comedians there, so it didn't end up mattering but it was still just oh okay they're actually like crafting this yeah we're we're seeing the unfinished product we're not like we're not seeing the live you know comedy uh, central special where they've honed these jokes and they know where the laugh lines are and they you know they've figured out the timing perfectly or whatever and it's still you you do think like when you're in the moment you're like oh this this set exists just for this moment like nope they literally do this every single night like we saw john mulaney the palace a few years ago and i remember like a netflix special came out and i'm like oh yeah let me check this out and then i was like oh wait no i've, I've seen this already yeah because he he was touring with it and then he recorded the special oh of course yeah. yeah so it was one of those oh man this like it's a job that's that's kind of sad in a way <laughs> are there ones that you like follow specifically that you've seen like a ton of no not really i mean i don't i think we I think I just got excited that John Mulaney was coming. Oh, he's worth seeing for sure. But yeah. Other than that, I don't I don't know how much live stand-up I've really seen besides the the Kung Fu Comedy Club, which I saw in China, which maybe <laughs> is problematic now. I don't know. I mean, this was 2014. Is that a problematic name? It was good for alliteration. To white guys who made a comedy club called Kung Fu Comedy? I don't know. All right, maybe it's getting a little, little less. Yeah, I don't know. It was considering it was run by all Americans and Australians and... <laughs> They, they had some funny stuff, though. Yeah. They, were, they, they did a good job. I've seen a few comedians, like, a, a handful of times. Like, I feel like I've seen Jim Gaffigan more than once, but my number one I've seen, like, probably over a dozen times, at least, is Dimitri Martin. See, I've never seen either of them live, and I feel like I would love that. Oh, I must have just missed. Dimitri not. Martin live is great. Dimitri Martin, you know, now that you say that, I can totally see why you like Dimitri Martin. You guys are very similar. Yeah. He's also, like, a math guy, isn't he? I like his style of comedy where he, it's not like, I, and I appreciate that, like the Mike Birbiglia's where they, the entire show is a story in a way with jokes sprinkled mm-hmm. in. But for him, it's just like his show is his jokes. Yeah. Like they might have segues that connect them, but like he can jump from one joke and then like not have to tell this whole preamble story and then just go to the next joke kind of I thing. I remember loving his sketch show that he had. Oh, I love that. What was, what was that called? Important things? Important things, yeah. Yeah, that was a great one. I think it was ahead of its time. Who knew graphs could be so funny? Uh, that's the thing. I love the graphs, the notepad. The dry presentation that he gives, too. All right, that makes sense. He's like Kevin Angus, comedy hero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he was like the comedian I wanted to be. Like, when I thought about being a comedian, it was him. I'm an old man. And I don't have much time left, but I always have time for the Kevin Podcast. Just thinking out loud about fandom in general. Oh, you've actually, you've led me to the next topic I wanted to ask you about. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Wheel of Time. I was waiting for it. I almost brought it up at the top of the show and said it might be a Kevin thing. That we are two Wheel of Time fans. Ah, what a journey. What a ride. Here we go. Now we're going to lose all listenership talking about the Wheel of Time. You know, for those who don't know, epic fantasy series 
from the 90s started in the 90s right late early 90s yeah yeah it was it was 80s early 90s yeah definitely throughout the 90s if you want depth that's a world you can get lost into yeah like if you are actually looking for an entertainment medium that will give you nuance and give you things to think about this is a very good series for that it's just also great escape you do feel transported to another world exactly yeah it's just a fun world tragic tragic what happened with robert jordan you know, for people who don't know, the author died before he could finish the series. Yes, yes. What was the guy who finished it? Brandon, what's his name? Brandon Sanderson, yeah. Anderson. Okay, Sanderson finished it. Me and Jesse are a big fan of him. See, that's a thing where since The Wheel of Time, I think that was the last fantasy I read. Okay. I left the genre. Well, no, I guess I, I read The Dark Tower a couple years ago, that whole series, which fantasy-esque that's one of tom's favorite series I've, it's one of those ones that i made the mistake of actually trying to read the first one first which apparently is wrong because of how different it is so i've never gone back to it since then but i have read the first one and it was very confusing they're fun i was of the i was of the the group that wasn't crazy about the ending like i get what stephen king was going for with no spoilers of course but Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. It was a fun ride. There was a couple middle books where I remember, like, really being like, I'm all in. This is great. Like, sign me up. Yeah. Which is how I felt about Wheel of Time, which was those first those first five or six Wheel of Time books. Some of my, honestly, this is sad, but those might be some of my fondest memories, is reading those for the first time. I don't blame you. That's, like, Dumais Wells. Oh, like, which classic. This is super nerdy, but that, that was, like, a big, that's the name of a big battle that happened in, like, the sixth book, I want to say. Six, I think. And yeah, you're right. Six, yeah. God, I'll never forget. I read like 200 pages just in one sitting because I could not. I was just like, this is amazing. This is so epic. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like I'm not the same person I was when I read them. So I, I tried to read the Sanderson fantasy mm. series and I got like a not very far, but far enough in where I was like, this isn't clicking for me. Yeah. I don't know if it's because I'm older or I changed. Like I read a lot of nonfiction now. What series did you try to start with? The Way of Kings. So I didn't start with that one. That's definitely like once you've kind of bought into the Sanderson mm. mold, so to speak, for the way he kind of writes stories. Because if you think about it, like Robert Jordan kind of was the first to really dive into to hard magic where there's rules and it's not like Gandalf it's explaining the magic system and yeah it's not Gandalf just deciding to do something magical because it needs to look cool there's, there's not one one incantation and you're you can do whatever you want like there's yeah there's rules and there's logic and there's reasoning behind things and it's and there are hard rules that you have to follow and there's typically a cost yep. to yep. using the magic as well so oh man you're making me want to go back and read this and reread the whole series leading into something because I feel like if you have the time in the, in the future to go through Wheel of Time again and you kind of reignite the interest in that type of magic system, Brandon Sanderson takes that same idea and just kind of pushes it, pushes the boundary to like closer, as close as he can get a magic system to being hard science as well at the same time. You know what I, I think I need to do, which I think this was probably my my other mistake, was I tried to read it on a Kindle, Ooh. which I feel like that doesn't, maybe that just doesn't work for fantasy. Cause like part of the fun of Wheel of Time was going back and looking at that map. Yeah, that's true. You're just like looking at it, like here's Andor and here's the two rivers and Ilian and I hope this all gets left in, by the way. Oh, it most likely will, this yeah. Is some real, this is some real inside baseball for... Hey, how do you feel about the uh, upcoming Amazon adaptation? 
I'm, I'm pessimistic. I just don't see it working. It's so in-depth. How is it going to work? I think that the reason why I'm open to it and still being a little bit excited for it is because I feel that they have kind of the mold of what they need to do down now so they can kind of take the lessons learned from Game of Thrones, which, you know, That's true. went from overnight success to languish in obscurity again. No one likes it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a disappointing ending for a lot of people who were invested in it, but I think the right. books will eventually do it justice, I hope. It was very rushed and like a lot of the characters got not satisfying endings. But bringing it back to Wheel of Time though, I don't know. I'm with the, the fandom that thinks the only way it could work is like an anime. Interesting. Where you could really okay. drag out the story and like you could show the magic system in depth. Mm -hmm. could, like they're gonna have to cut so much. They are going to have to do a lot of that. There's going to be entire subplots that get destroyed and gone. And I guess, hey, Lord of the, Lord of the Rings was very different from the books and that I love those movies. So could happen. The mentality I've seen and I kind of I kind of have, have accepted as my own is like if you go into it thinking of it as like a different turning of the wheel of time. Mm -hmm. Same Oh I love that. Yeah, that helps a little bit. It's an in-universe explanation. I love that. Yeah, and I'm sure that if they're smart, they'll lean into that. Like they'll make like yeah. weird reference that like are slightly meta. That's the thing. I don't I don't think they'll be that smart. I I either I, I don't know. We'll see. Hey, did you ever watch the the pilot that got made for Wheel of Time? Oh yeah, Winter Dragon. The infamous pilot. No one likes that. With uh, like Billy Zane, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, didn't they sh they shot it like really quickly in like a day just so they could keep the rights? That's exactly what it was. Yeah, yeah it was. So it was just this horrible. Just that opening scene, right? Wasn't it just the loose Theron? And... Yeah, basically that's all it was. It was just all that prologue scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh god. I still vividly remember opening that book and reading that scene. My older stepbrother Chris worked in a bookstore. Oh no. He had read the whole series and everything and he just, he just dropped me off the eye of the world. And then it sat at my dad's house for a while before I ever opened it. And then one day I was like, I'll open this and see. I was probably in like seventh grade. Oh, that's a good age. I was like, I'll open this. And I was just like at the perfect age for that to just pull me in. And ah, oh, God. And I didn't even do my first read until I was in my, like it was like my mid twenties is when I first read it. Like it was only like five, four or five years ago. Oh. Yeah, I wonder I wonder if I missed out on a lot just being young and not picking up on things. I came into it when it was already a completed product, which is a big difference. See, I don't think I'll ever... I, I, I just... I... I like the idea of rereading. I don't think I ever will just because of how long it is. I'm going to offer one suggestion. I know I don't know how you consume audiobooks or if that's something you are into at all. I've never, never once listened to an audiobook. So The Wheel of Time, I bought books as well so I could read it physically at times. But I ended up, so at first with like a new fantasy series, I, I nowadays I'll listen to the audiobook while I'm reading it because it forces me to be super focused. I don't have to like, I don't have to create the words in my brain because they're being spoken. It's like weird. Right, right. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so it lets you be super focused because otherwise, if I'm just reading a book, I might, I might like flip to my phone or whatever. But I've gotten to the point with audiobooks where I can just do them, listen to them while I'm doing tasks or like working or doing like laundry or whatever. So, but Wheel of Time, I, it was the first series I've ever consumed almost entirely by audiobook. And they're really well done, and I really do recommend it. Obviously, it's 14 books. So just for context, though, if, if you wanted to hear how long the audiobook is for Crossroads of Twilight, 26 hours and 4 minutes. Jesus. Knife of Dreams wow. is 32 hours and 19 minutes. You can read faster than an audiobook, though. So. 
Well, and that's the thing too, though. But so, like some people I know listen to audiobooks on like more than just regular one-time speed. Like they'll live it. Oh, I can't do that. I've tried that with podcasts. It sounds so unnatural. Yeah. So so th- Gathering Storm is thirty-two hours and, th- and basically thirty-three hours. Towers of Midnight is thirty-eight hours and twenty-three minutes. Mm-hmm. And then, well, how long is a memory of light? Yeah, come on, where is it? 41 hours and 47 minutes. Yeah, read that all in one go. Maybe I slept, maybe I like read it all day, slept and finished it the next day, but I, I remember it just like consuming my life for over long it took me to finish. Cause that whole book is just one big epic battle. Oh, it's great, it's wonderful. It's the last battle. Man, now you're making me want to go down the fantasy rabbit hole again. So yeah, if you ever do fresh read through, like obviously you could also start with New Spring. I've done that before. So if you start with New Spring and then go into Eye of the World, Fun fact, I've read New Spring. What? You gotta do that. I'm a bad fan. I'm a bad fan. I never read New Spring. That'd be a fun way to get into this. For, for people out, peek behind the curtain, people at home, that's that's a prequel book that came out. Yeah. Yeah. Never read it. So it's like book zero or whatever. Book zero. Yeah, I gotta go back. I gotta do it. I'm feeling motivated now. That might be just a good way to get you in there, you know? Yeah. Back into that world. That's like the story of Lan and Maureen, right? Yeah, it's how they meet and like her, her like basically okay. how she kind of finds mission or whatever i thought that her casting for the show was really good who, who the what's her name from gone girl rosamund pike that's like pretty much exactly how i imagined her before i even know who yeah rosamund pike was. after you reread it you know then maybe read mistborn of brandon sanderson instead of is that his first fantasy series no, so that's like his first like trilogy series though so it has like a an original trilogy and then it has like a future set a set of series that are like you know in, in like kind of a steampunky future of that same world the coolest thing about him is that a lot of his books all exist within the same quote-unquote universe but they're just on different planets oh that's cool and each planet has their own magic system and sometimes there's crossover so it's like the marvel version of you know crossover fantasy yeah yeah so it's just very cool in that sense but you know so mistborn was the first one that that was the first one i got into and that's kind of it reads a little bit like young adult at first like it definitely feels young adulty at first but it it develops Mm -hmm quickly into you know slightly more modern fantasy that's how i feel like wheel of time was though like wheel of time felt young adult that whole first book is just let's a band of travelers on a quest and i'm a young man with special powers it's like kind of a weird not a ripoff but it was very lord of the rings-esque for the first book inspired by yeah that's what was it it found its legs after that the great hunt is is a great one for sure and that's a very different feel so different yeah I mean, I love the fact in The Dragon Reborn, the third book, there's just, you don't get a single Rand perspective for like almost the entire book, which is- Yeah, yeah, he's just, he's out doing his own thing. He's trying to prove it. Oh, just yep. beautiful. That, and I think that was, wasn't he the only POV in the first one? Or he was one of the few POVs? Yeah, he was basically the almost, the, until they did the split off where they would have Perrin one and Matt one. No, no, Matt didn't get a single perspective until after book four i think there's several books yeah before you got a map it was they had to wait until they got the dagger away from him and that's that's yeah. when it became a perspective it was okay. actually literally the, the chapter after he got the dagger removed was his first pov chapter wow see that's that's our difference in fandom i can't remember the specifics like that but yeah it was like he was in the tower and they stripped the the thing away and there, uh, uh, the part of it too is what could also actually get you back into it is i'm a big fan of the wheel of time spoilers podcast I was literally just gonna say, all right, we should we should make a spin-off Wheel of Time podcast because I I want to talk about this now forever. <laughs> Pretty invested in, in the show, and I'm I'm part of the community, and I've like there has been moments where the host has been like, oh, if you have any interest in being a guest on the show, you know, 
send me your email and I'll include you on the distribution list for like requesting episodes. So I'm on the list to try to be a guest, but I've always been too too like nervous to actually go through with it. So Oh come on. I know, I know I'm getting there. I'm getting there. But so now yeah. now I've got my own show. I can, you know, be like I've got a bit more of a mic presence, I suppose. You, you can put that on your credentials too. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm I dabble in hosting every now and then. So Having podcast, you know. Everyone knows about it. Hey, if you ever want if you ever want to start your own wheel of time show, you know, just let me know. Clearly, I can talk about this. <laughs> you see, what ended up happening is you actually, your your taste matured and you moved on to nonfiction uh, and things like that. And I just never stopped reading fantasy. Hey, it's good, though. I mean, you're still reading. That's all I read. That, that's Nothing like, wrong it. no, no. Yeah, I gotta, now, this this conversation is making me want to go back. It is worth it. I think that, especially since you were so young, I think that you'll, you probably hated Nynaeve growing up, but you're going to love her character so much more as an adult because she's like sometimes the only voice of reason. I was the classic like nerdy boy, like it's a girl chapter. I don't want to read this. Yeah, yeah. But like and as an adult going back, they're they're super uh, interesting and fun. Way more relatable. and Like the fact that like if you think about it, there were multiple times in the series where Elaine and Nynaeve were either like uh, basically on their own detective missions like sideshow oh. missions or whatever yep. and then there was that whole uh book where they were basically in the circus undercover yes yes that was i remember that was around the point where i started like drifting interests of just like okay this is bizarre <laughs> it's just weird stuff like that like no other author is gonna put a weird circus side mission in there <laughs> and have it and have it take an entire book <laughs> oh but man when you go through when you really do love the world yeah, they were at the the menagerie right isn't that what it was the menagerie yeah okay it's all it's all coming back the menagerie yeah all coming back i mean you know obviously that there was always a point like that's how they met mm-hmm. again and i think or whatever with this sean chen kind of crossover kind of stuff so see now i don't remember yeah i know i'm going deep right now going hard you're losing me. See, that that could be the angle of our podcast is I go back to the series. And, and the beauty of audiobooks, too, is you get pronunciations given to you. You don't have to guess. Oh, yeah. I remember making a lot of them up. Yeah. Even yeah. using Nynaeve right now. I'm like, I always said Nynaeve, like with an extra yeah. A. Yeah. How do you say Egwene? Is that it? Yeah. I always said Egwene in my head. So many people said Egwene, yeah. Egwene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fantasy's funny like that, where it's just like, ah, we're just going to make up a name. Don't worry about it. That series is probably the most guilty of it, just making up random words. Uh, it's egregious, yeah. Thank you for listening to the Kevin Podcast. Try to pronounce the word World Dreams if you can. I, I can I can give you the book pronunciation, but... Oh my god, what was that? World of Dreams was called... Does it start with what? started with a T. Uh, Talara Riyad or whatever? Isn't that what it was? Or is it something like that? Talayan Riyad, yeah. Talayan, is that how you say it? Yeah, that's how the book says it, at least. Talayan, Talayan Riyad. Yeah. Wow. Like, who's gonna know that, how to pronounce that? Like... Hey, it's a, it's, it's a different world. You're not meant to know. Talarian Riyad. Wow, I was not saying that in my head when I read it. I guess I said Talarin Rayad. Yeah, you were close. You were closer than I was yeah, expecting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Close. Not bad. God, I haven't thought about this in nearly a decade. Talarin Rayad. World of Dreams. There was an evil wind that would kill you. Oh, Machin Chin. In the World of Dreams. Yeah, yeah. That was cool. No, that was in the ways. Oh, you're right. You're right. As he was not in the World of Dreams. I am so sorry. Not to be confused with Mashadar, who is in, what's it called? 
that was the smoke in that city that was destroyed or whatever. Yes, that was the um, first book. I'm blanking on it entirely. Why? This is how I've been name dropping so much, and this is they end up going there at the end of the seventh book. That's where they cleanse the taint. Yep, yep. (laughs) (laughs) If you guys like taints, definitely check out the real time. That's not a joke. Arad Hall was the name of the original city. Shadar Logoth. Oh, yes, of course. There's a real subplot is that there's a taint that needs to be cleaned. A taint on the male half of the true power. Yeah, 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 yeah. The one power, not the true power. True power is different than the one power. Do not get confused. Dark one, yeah. Yeah, come on. Sorry. Thanks for listening to the Kevin Podcast. Goodbye. See you.